Welcome back to Zillennials Podcast. Today on Zillennials, we have a new book club. We decided to read the new Finley Donovan book because as if we don't talk about this book enough on our podcast, we all know we love Finley Donovan here. It's a well-known fact. So we read Finley Donovan Jumps the Gun by El Casimano. Okay, so I feel like we talk about this book a lot. And I didn't prepare an author bio, so go listen to our first Finley Donovan episode if you want to hear that. So, summary of this book. I honestly really liked this one because it gave me summer sleepaway camp vibes. I think it took place in, like, the winter or something. But, like, it reminded me of that because we had just recorded or just released the Parent Trap episode. And so the whole premise is that Vero and Finley go to this police academy where they go to this training camp and they stay there. And I was just loving the vibe of it. Okay, I think it's so interesting that you say that because it gave me Agatha Christie vibes. Remember with her locked room mystery? I was like thinking about it and I was like, oh, this kind of reminds me of the locked room mystery because it all happens in the same place for the most part. Except when they break out a couple times. Well, (laughs) yes, but the main setting is all in the same spot and it's not at their house, which I feel like is very different from the past books. Which I feel like it kind of had to be because otherwise it was going to get a little stale. I agree. I think that it was good. One of the things I would recommend to people who decide to read this book, though, is definitely make sure that you refresh yourself on the first two books because it's been like a year or so since I read those first two books. And they were talking about Easy Clean. And I was like, man, I forgot. Who even is Easy Clean? I don't even know. And they would drop like hints about like who they were in the book. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, that jogs a little bit of my memory. But they would like talk about things that were from the book previous that were more specific that I sometimes wouldn't always follow. I don't know if you felt the same. I think that she did a pretty good job of giving kind of reminders and brief overviews of past events, but I definitely similarly was like, I remember Easy Clean as a username. I have no idea who it was. Yes. So I feel like even though I liked this book, generally speaking, I feel like that was something that was a little bit of a struggle. But honestly, that was like a me problem. It was not an author problem. Another thing that I noticed that I don't know if you picked up on this, but I kind of got a little bit of this vibe in the second book, but I got it more in this one was I feel like she kind of typecasts or stereotypes people a little bit. I don't know. Did you get that vibe? So I did it when I was reading it, but I could see where you would get that from. Just considering who the more sketchy characters are in the book. Yeah. So that was something that I was not super crazy about. Like it wasn't something that would make me put the book down and be like, oh my gosh, I can't continue reading this. But it was something that I think like kind of hit me in the second book and kind of hit me a little bit more in this book. So I think that that was something that was not my favorite from the book. But overall, the book itself, I did like the plot. I thought that it was interesting. I remember, and by remember, I mean, I looked at the notes that I took before I gave up. I always start that when we read books for the podcast and I start taking notes and then I just stop because I'm like, this feels too much like homework. So then I just start reading. But this book opens with Zach sneaking into a bathroom stall that a man named Mo is occupying and using and Finley has to bribe him out with goldfish. 
when I read that, the thing I wrote down was, the chaos to start this is so Finley Donovan, and I love it. Yes. Oh my gosh. It's so funny though, because when you're first reading the book, you don't realize what exactly is going on until like a couple more paragraphs in and you're like, oh, I see what's happening now. And it just reminds me of like the first Finley Donovan book, you know, when she's in her kitchen and like, it's just chaos all around. And I think it's just such a fun way to start a book where you're just kind of like plunged into this scene where it's so... I don't know. I wouldn't necessarily always call it disorienting, but I think it's just like a very comedic scene. Definitely. And I think the way it was written, like you said, is what made it so great because you have no clue. And I think, I don't know if this is in the beginning or if it's when the guy pops up again later, but the guy, Mo, who's just minding his own business using the bathroom and he just goes like, I'm not a pedophile. Yes. Oh my goodness. And it was so funny because when she met him later, he was also like, I did nothing wrong in the bathroom. You're like, oh my gosh. If this guy was a criminal, he would be the worst criminal ever. I think that's the part I'm referring to because Finley runs into him again and the other cops are there for some reason. And he's just all like, I didn't do anything to the kid. (laughs) So the... Other note that I have that I feel like is worth mentioning, and this is the last note, was how Julia and Parker were the attorneys. So at this police camp, they had different classes, and one of them was like a mock simulation about some trial hearing or something to get a warrant or who knows what. And if you don't remember or didn't read the books, Julian was Finley's like ex-beau, who's a law student, and... I just thought it was funny because when they showed up, I was like, of course, of course it would be them. Of course it would. Why not? Right. But I feel like it's so funny because I feel like you have this constant stream of unfortunate events that happens in Finley's life all the time. Like, for example, Julian being the lawyer in this case and his roommate who hates Finley being the other lawyer in the case. It's just like, oh, my gosh, she never catches a break. Her life is just like one big comedy. Exactly. Was there anything that you wanted to bring up? Okay, one thing I want to touch on is the whole Julian relationship. I have a question for you. Do you think he was over her or no? Ooh. Because they had that little side conversation. Do you know which one I'm talking about? Vaguely. So I feel like up until this book, the way it's written, I feel like he was kind of done, right? Mm -hmm. But then... Are you talking about the one where he was telling Finley about how he didn't know that she was going to be there or something about how Parker and like the boss told them to be there? That one? Yes, I think so. Yeah. Okay. But I don't know. I feel like after the conversation that he had with her, I feel like he was not totally over her because he had asked her, like, have you moved on and kind of seemed hopeful that she hadn't. And so I thought that that was interesting. I was like, are they trying to bring back this love interest? Like, what's going to happen with this? And so it'll be interesting to see if he pops up again in another book. I feel like this might be his last appearance, though. I think it could be. Um, I don't think Finley really needs him. I think he was kind of like a rebound post-divorce crisis type relationship. I agree. That's why I think I know that like... If you listen to the other Finley Donovan episodes, I feel as though I was a big proponent for Julian at one point. However, I think that you're right. I think that their relationship has passed 
and it's time for her to move on because he's kind of a I don't know he just doesn't seem the most stable and I feel like she needs someone in her life that's very stable talking about has somebody moved on or not what's up with Steven just all of a sudden trying to be back with Finley I have no idea honestly because I feel like he was really rude in the first book if I'm recalling correctly was he really rude in the first book yeah it seems like he wanted nothing to do with her because she like poured soup on Teresa and like scratched her car. Or s- she did something to Teresa. Mm-hmm. And then the second book, I don't really remember that much about him except he almost got killed and she saved him. Maybe it's because she saved him and then he's all like in love with her. Yeah. I feel like the whole Stephen coming back to Finley thing to me, it doesn't make as much sense because I feel like he was very much done with her. And even though she saved him, I feel like because it seemed like she was putting in a lot of the effort before in their relationship, I feel as though why would this have changed his opinion of her? Because I think that there wouldn't be much. Oh, go ahead. I feel like Stephen wouldn't come back to her even after she saved his life just because he was so unappreciative of her before. I agree. I don't know. It may be more of a he just doesn't want her to be with someone else. Oh, I could see that. I also think that it's interesting how he has these ideas that something sketchy is going on. And he's like, I kind of want to be with you anyway. You're crazy, but I kind of like it. Yeah. I think she should stay clear of Steven. I just look at it and I'm like, was Steven cheating on her with Teresa before they divorced or no? Yeah, I think so. I think that's what caused the divorce. Okay, okay. I just look at it and I'm like, if somebody cheats on you once, they're going to do it again. And also, I feel like if he really was like, oh, crap, I made a mistake. He probably should have realized that sooner. It's kind of like a like too little too late type thing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like also he's doing kind of a horrible job of winning her back because He was supposed to watch the kids, and then he's like, let me just drop them off at your mom's house. Like, what? You were supposed to be responsible for them, and you just dropped them off, and they eventually ended up back in Finley's care anyways? Like, how does this work? Also, the fact that this is a police training camp, and then... So, the way it worked was Finley's dad had to go to the hospital. So then these children ended up with Finley's sister, Georgia, who is a cop slash teacher at this police training camp and then all of a sudden she brings the children to this camp i was like is this a place for children to be i feel like it's definitely not but i feel like you have to suspend belief just at the whole premise that that the police academy camp would be like yeah let's just let random civilians in and teach them how to do all of these things like you said very much summer camp vibes i do not think a police academy, at least in the United States, would ever do that to just let civilians in and teach them how to do various things like how to handcuff somebody, how to shoot a gun. I just don't see that being a thing that they would do. I don't know if it was Al Casamano or another writer did some sort of post about how they have, I don't think it's like an overnight camp, but they do have like police things for writers to go to so that they can learn to write those types of things for like crime books that's so wild i had no idea honestly it's probably better that way because otherwise can you imagine the things that writers would be searching up on their computers like the fbi would track them down 
Okay, I've thought about this, and I think even with those, uh, like, say if there's little police authorized lessons, I think they're probably still Googling a bunch of stuff. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I think that it's a good thing that neither you nor I have a profession as a writer, because there would be a lot of very sketchy Google searches, I'm sure. This is why I can't write crime books. See, this is also why you have to buy the books in paperback, because otherwise they'll track you. You should also just buy them in cash. Don't use your credit card. This is not professional advice. (laughs) Yeah, this is not professional advice at all. I'm just kidding. You guys, please do not come find me for crime tips or anything. I promise you I know nothing. (laughs) I've also wondered about those people who do like true crime podcasts and stuff. I'm like the stuff they must be Googling. Oh, I know. And the thing is, too, like, how do they get all of their news sources? Like, where do they get all that information from? You know, they've got to have some like really good databases that they access because otherwise you'd be getting the exact same details as everybody else. Or you're going to like the corners of the web looking for information, not like the deep web, not like the dark web. You know what I mean? But like like the dusty corners of the web, like this cobwebby place. The dusty corners of Google. Yeah. Yeah, no. I don't know. This is why we have a podcast that we have evolved to require absolutely no research. Exactly. Everything you hear on this podcast is only our opinions. We're not professionals in any of these things. Please don't take our advice on anything. (laughs) Yeah. So who was your favorite versus your least favorite character? Ooh. Okay, I feel like we kind of talked about it. I feel like Steven's kind of pain in the butt, so I don't really like him very much. Mm-hmm. In terms of a favorite, I don't really know if I have a favorite. I'll have to think about it. Do you have a favorite? I mean, I always kind of like Vero because she's a wild card. She always just does whatever she wants and has no regrets. Like, I feel like she's a very unfiltered person where she's just like, I'm just going to say whatever I want. And I very much appreciate that about her. I also kind of liked Charlie because it was interesting to see like a quote unquote bad guy who was also kind of a good guy, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I can see that. I think for me, I like the series like collectively as a whole. I don't think like someone like just stands out as a favorite, but I did have an interesting question that I've been thinking about. So Vero and Finley. Which one of us is which? I've been thinking about this. I don't know. I don't think I have an actual answer. I think both of them are too not planners for me to be one of them. They're a little too much chaos. I feel like you're Finley because you're more responsible. And I'm more Vero because I'm less responsible. (laughs) I guess with Finley, the chaos is because of things happening to her. Like, I feel like she's trying to have her stuff together. I feel like she is, which is why I'm like, I feel like you're more Finley and I'm more Vero because I feel like I feel like you like things to be a certain way and kind of like under control. Whereas I'm like, oh, well, that totally just blew up in my face. Okay, I guess we're just going to move on. (laughs) Yeah, I think that is kind of funny about Finley. I feel like she has this whole plan in her head. And then just like you were saying earlier, nothing goes right for her. No, never. I feel like it's always just a series of unfortunate events. 
So kind of jumping to the whole Charlie related thing. Also, there's like that sketchy uh, psychologist guy. Did you figure out? Stu, that's who it was. Did you figure it out in the end? Because I feel like I kind of saw it coming. I did not see it coming that Stu was like the person. I mean, like I did when she started thinking about like, oh, said he was a psychologist, blah, 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 blah. But I don't think I paid attention to Stu enough in the beginning. I feel like when Steven slipped her that note and said something about going to to get counseling together, I think that that was something that I pinged as like being odd, but I don't think I fully was like, yes, it's Stu at that point. Okay, yeah, I think mine was kind of along the same. But I think sometimes I'm just completely not paying attention and things surprise me. I just think I was like, kind of, like I wasn't surprised, I guess. Yes. Were you surprised at Joey not being bad? Yes. I was fully on Joey's a crooked cop. Really? I honestly thought that Joey... I thought there might be something sketchy going on with him and Cam. So I was like, maybe he works for Felix in some way. But I was like, Joey is too obvious to be the one who's actually in the wrong. I was like, this is too easy. It's not going to be a thing. I knew that something was going to go badly with Charlie. I just wasn't sure if he was going to be like the one fully at fault. But I knew that something was off about Charlie. I totally agree that whatever his name is. Joey. I totally agree that Joey was too obvious, but I'm also like that simpleton when I read mysteries that I just read whatever the narrator or the main character thinks is doing it is the person I think is doing it at that moment. I know I should read more critically, but also I read for entertainment. I totally feel that. Sometimes I'm like, you know, do you ever read a book and you put yourself in the position of the main character and you're like, these thoughts are now my thoughts. No? Yes? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I think that happens to me too sometimes. So sometimes it's hard to see the other things that are happening around it because you're so invested in the thoughts of the main character where you're like, this is what I'm seeing. So this is how it must be. Yeah. What did you think about Javier? Ooh. Was he the one who had the huts for uh, Vero? Yes. I don't know what I thought. I feel like this whole episode is me being like, I don't know what I thought. I just enjoyed the book. I feel like... I don't know. He seems okay. But he's also like doing kind of sketchy stuff. Yeah, I feel like he does do things that are like kind of sketchy. One thing I will say, though, is, is there a sequel to this book? Because if so, he and Vero are totally going to get together. It's just going to happen. There's no way it's not going to happen. And then they're going to be together for like forever. Yes, there is. And she just posted on her Instagram stories last night that she finished the revisions for the next Fiddly Donovan. I think it's coming out March 5th. Ooh. So I think that Vero and Javier are definitely going to be a thing. They're definitely going to get together. I mean, they literally have each other's initials tattooed on themselves. So I think it's for sure going to be a thing. Okay, yeah, that was a bit much. I don't think I would ever get anyone's initials or names tattooed on me. I'm like, I don't really care who you are. I don't think I would do it. Yeah, I agree. How did you like this book compared to the other two books? That's a good question. I I honestly don't remember the second one super well. I know it has to do with them burying bodies on Stephen's like sod farm is all yes. I really remember. Um 
And again, I don't remember the first one as well, but I feel like the first one is what started it all, you know? So mm-hmm. I feel like it kind of goes to that nostalgia. So I think I'd rank it the first, then this one, and then the second. But my opinions haven't solidified. I agree with you on the first one being the best. And then because I don't remember the second one that well, I feel like I can't really rank the second and the third. I think I would need to reread the second in order to have a comprehensive ranking. But I do think that this one was really good in the fact that it was kind of like a sleepaway camp. And I don't know, I feel like it was a lot of fun. Like there were a lot of funny moments in this one. It wasn't super serious. As far as I remember, no one died. Did someone die? I mean, Joey got shot, but he didn't die. Yeah, so I think, like you said, it was kind of like a lighter one, which was fun. Yeah, there was like that mystery of like, if Stu died or didn't die in the burning building at the end, it was like, oh, Stu's totally dead because you really think Felix wouldn't kill him. But, oh, yeah. But they never actually like confirmed it with a body, right? Or never actually said like, we found Stu. It was just like, you really think Felix wouldn't kill him? Like, come on. Right. Like, all you really know is that Felix took him or did something with him. Kind of forgot about that. I also thought it was interesting that Felix had access to all of this information that led back to Joey. And he was like, Joey is totally the culprit. Finley is totally right. But he had the means to go and investigate all these people. And he was like, I want Finley to do it. Finley, you got to find me who this person is. It is kind of funny. They have a weird relationship, Finley and Felix. Also, I forgot that somebody did die. The guy who got crushed at Vero's cousin's auto shop. Oh, yeah. You think that's going to be a major plot plot point for the next book? Because I feel like that probably will be. Because they had it on the news and everything. I feel like it would, too. Because if you didn't read it or don't remember, the whole idea is that Felix's little crime ring helped cover up this death in exchange for Finley finding Easy Clean, I think. Yes. So, yeah, I don't think it's done. Yeah, I think it's definitely going to come back in the next book. So I'm interested to see how she's going to tie that back in. I feel like she always has these crazy ways that all of these things connect and these crazy ways that Finley and Vero get out of everything. And then also the fact that Vero never actually fully paid back her sorority. Can we like, what? (laughs) Yeah, I don't quite understand the whole, I know there's something to do with her sorority. I know there's something to do with the lone shark guy at the casino, but I don't really know what's going on. Yeah, I think it was that she took a loan out to pay back her sorority who said that she stole like $200,000 and now she has this loan shark after her because she paid this loan back. But then I was also confused because I was like, did she actually pay the loan back or did she not pay the loan back? Because her warrant for her arrest was still out in Maryland. And I thought that it was because she didn't pay that back. Right. But then there was something to her saying either that she did or that she didn't actually take the money. That is another thing that's probably going to come back. Yeah, I don't know. It was like kind of, it was touched upon, but I feel like it was also kind of a confusing situation in this book. So I'm interested to see how it's going to develop in the next couple books. I also thought that it was interesting that Stephen was trying so hard to turn Finley against Vero. I know. I wonder why he cares so much other than 
Vero doesn't really like him. I think it's also because he realizes that Vero is the female support that Finley has in her life. And if he takes away that support, then what's to stop Finley from coming back to him? That is pretty spot on. I could definitely see that. I don't know. I feel like Steven is still kind of slimy. I do too. And I honestly don't know that he would be smart enough to figure out that Vero is her primary female support, but she is. <laughs> I mean, he could be doing those things for that reason, but not smart enough to actually put that together ahead of time as a motive for it. I agree. Oh, Steven. I know. What a character, man. So would you recommend this book? And if so, to whom? Yeah, it's probably pretty clear that I'd recommend it. I think specifically I'd recommend the series because I don't think you should just start with this one. But I think it's for anybody who likes murder mystery type books, but also doesn't want anything too serious because it like we've been saying the whole episode, there's a lot of chaos. There's a lot of just funny scenes. Yeah. It's not like the mystery is secondary, but it just has a different vibe than the ones that are like more serious. It feels like the mystery is happening to people who are in a comedy sitcom. Yes, exactly. I would say like it's happening to people in real life, but I feel like people in real life would be way more stressed about it than our main characters are. Yeah, if you think about it, they seem relatively calm about it. They're like, oh, yeah, let's do this thing again. And I'm like, why? I feel like they're just pushing their luck. Right? I would be so stressed. Like half the situations they're in where they're like, yeah, they're going to go and dig up what's his, fa- what's his name's body. I was like, yeah, and you're just calmly going to just go there and switch the gravestones? Like, what? And also, you think they wouldn't figure that out? That's coming back. That's totally coming back. Teresa's father, I think? The Harold? No, not Harold. Harold's the first guy. Harris. It could be Harris. Or is it Harris Mickler and Harold's the other guy? I don't know. It's an H name. But there's a lot of loose ends, so it definitely makes sense that there's... I think there's at least a few more, I think, under contract. I would believe that. I feel like the books have been pretty successful. Like, I remember walking into Barnes & Noble and seeing it on one of their tables and I I was like ooh that's how you know you've made it I think it's well deserved I think you know it's not necessarily the most I don't know elevated writing or whatever um, if you're looking for that type of book but also I don't think you would be if you pick up a mystery of any type Mm -hmm. I think it's just more of like a good read if you want a good time I agree with that. I think that I would recommend this book to people who are stuck in a reading rut, who need like a quick book to kind of serve as a pick me up. Again, like you said, I would definitely start with the first one and make your way through the series because otherwise you're going to be super lost. But I would definitely recommend it for somebody who's in a reading rut or somebody who has not read a book in say like three or four years. I think that's such a good point because what I noticed when I read it is I was reading a physical copy and I went through it really fast, like a lot faster than I was expecting. It's not a long book, but it was still faster than I thought it would take me. Me too. I honestly finished the book about five minutes before we recorded this podcast, but I started it less than five days ago. Really? Really, really. (laughs) Sometimes we're last minute around here, but we get it done. 
We do. It happens. That's we got to put out the content for you all. Our vast listening audience of fourteen people. <laughs> I'm How many of them do episode. we know personally? Uh, ten or so, probably. <laughs> so, shout out to the four of you we don't know. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Not sure why you're here, but hello. We're happy to have you. So our next book club is going to be Spin the Dawn by Elizabeth Lim, and that book will be dropping on August 7th. We hope you enjoyed our discussion on what we have titled the new Finley Donovan. What is it called? Knocks him dead? Jumps the gun? One of the two. Finley Donovan jumps the gun. (laughs) If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love to hear from you. And you can send us an email or DM us on Instagram at Millennials Podcast. You can tell us which one of the three books is your favorite. And don't forget to rate and view the show on Apple Podcasts.